On. Here we go. Hello, everybody. I'm Pastor Bruce. Welcome to worship this morning, and happy Thanksgiving. I hope uh, we're here to work off some calories, but no, we're really here to worship the Lord, to celebrate our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, and to enjoy each other's company that God has brought together today. We've got a special preacher today, Ron Riesinger, is here. He's going to be preaching and sharing the Word of God with us this morning, and so I'm really excited about that and looking forward to it very much. Why don't we begin uh, with, a, with, well, let's see. Why don't we stand up and say hi to each other this morning, huh? Let's do that. Let's say hello. Greet one another. Mention your name. Move around a little bit. Say hi.
Let's uh, I'll get back to our, our pews. <laughs> okay. Here this morning, let's have a seat, and uh, actually, we won't be sitting very long. No, you can stay standing if you want to. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go ahead and begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, a beautiful day. It looks like a gorgeous week. It's all so wonderful, and we thank you, God, that you are the author and the creator of everything good and wonderful and perfect. We thank you, God, that in your economy, you work out everything for your glory, we're grateful that Ron is here to share the word with us today. We pray you bless him and all of us in our, and as we hear the message. And also, Lord God, right now, we want to continue in prayer. We want to sing. We want to worship. We want to have a renewed heart and mind. We want to be inspired. Lord God, we are here for you. And we thank you, God, that you've gathered us together today to be with one another, to celebrate our faith in Jesus Christ to be encouraged and blessed and enriched and with, filled with love. For your, saint, your namesake we pray. Mm -hmm. Amen. Let's sing. Washed by his blood, come and be 
you thank you father for giving us so many reasons to worship you and to rejoice in you and god i know sometimes we have to say it over and over again because sometimes this world weighs us down and and father you are so worthy of our worship and lord you're so worthy of our trust and our confidence that we should place our confidence in you alone father in you alone because you are the only one that is worthy to save worthy to be worshipped here this morning. We love you. Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do.
sure. Please be seated. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you are the Lord God Almighty, that you're the one, Lord, whose love poured out into our hearts through your Holy Spirit, that we could recognize your love on the cross, that we could see the depth and the breadth of the forgiveness of our sins, the gravity of those consequences, Lord, removed by the grace that you showed us in Christ Jesus for us. And so, God, we come to you. We ask, Lord God, that you continue to mold and shape and inform our hearts and minds to renew us, Lord God, to conform us to the likeness of Christ, that the world can recognize you in the difference that you've made in our lives, and that your word, Lord God, will shine brightly in and through us. We thank you, God, that in Jesus and Jesus alone we find our security, meaning and purpose and hope and community that's good and right. And so, God, we thank you for bringing us together this morning. Thank you that Ron joins us this morning. Thankful, Father, for your precious word. We love you, and we're here for you. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple of quick announcements. Um, I'm still recuperating from a little bit of surgery, so uh, I need some help next Saturday. Next Saturday, December the 2nd, if you could come at 9 o'clock, if several of you would come, we could decorate the entire sanctuary for Christmas in, in short time, and it's a, a many hands make light work, and it's a classic instance of that, so I encourage you to come. There will be always something to do, so don't worry about too many people coming. That has never, ever happened in the history of the church. So... Uh, be sure to come if you can. Also, Advent Carol tickets, the Table Carol dinner is coming up, and we have ticket sales available, $5 per person or $20 for a family. Uh, Sign-up sheets will be passed around on both sides and then taken upstairs, I hope, and uh, we'll either get the payment at, payment at the door or you can pay in the box back there. Just note that it's for the Table Carol dinner on the sheet, on the check, whatever. And then, uh, or bring it to the office. And then also, there's an Advent craft after church on this coming Sunday, the December 3rd. And if you want to let the kids know, that'd be great. And then the Thanksgiving offering for Love Inc. is still ongoing. Obviously, Thanksgiving lies behind us, the actual celebrative day, but the offering will continue for a few weeks. So if you want to put a check in the box back there for Love Incorporated, just make it out to the church, but note that it's for Love Inc. And that'll go to that good ministry right here in town. Any other? Nope. Any other announcements? Okay. Uh, she says, we got a lot of goodies down in the uh, fellowship hall. I hope you'll come down after worship. I did. If you got some music in you. Yep. Let Jenny know if you want to participate in the music on that evening. It, it's, a lot, it's a combination of secular songs like Jingle Bells and stuff like that and also sacred uh, music as well. The kids are now free to head down the hallway for Sunday school, and Gabe and the middle and high schoolers are free to go. Thank you for sticking around. And I'm going to pass around the clipboards here so we can get the sign-ups moving. Yeah, so just feel free to move those back through, and then at the back, maybe somebody could take it upstairs. If you can't afford to uh, come to the Table Carol dinner, sign up and uh, let me know, and I'll take care of it for you, okay? want everybody to come that can. So Ron, Ron's here joining us today. Uh, we're blessed to have him. He is one traveling guy. I'm not sure if the jet lag is still on him or not, but he moves. 
He's a goer, and he's going to share a little bit about his current ministries and also a word of God here about Noah and the Noah's Ark. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you, Ron. I'm so glad. I get to sit with my <laughs> wife. I get to hear the word of God preach. This is awesome. <laughs> you need to stand for anything? Um, yeah, that'd be great. I can use this over here. You can if you right, want to. Right, great. Thanks. Well, thank you for your generosity toward me and my family over these many years. You have faithfully given and prayed for us. You've sent cards to remember our personal occasions. I think warmly about those, and I really appreciate that. You have journeyed with us through various stages of responsibility and ministry. You are truly partners in our ministry with students. For those that don't know, my current role uh, is with InterVarsity Link. I serve as, and I even have to stop and think about what my job title is because it keeps changing, but I serve as an associate ministry staff coordinator where I supervise five staff workers in Israel, Ukraine, and the U.S. I travel to many countries around the world, assisting sister fellowships of InterVarsity through the International Fellowship of Evangelical Students. I encourage and develop international student ministry in countries as widely dispersed as Kyrgyzstan and Japan, Latvia, and Israel. Uh, Karen has also traveled with me on occasion. Uh, last year, we were both invited to speak uh, to the Cuban student movement, and uh, its name is Koinonia, and we spoke at their national student gathering and the installation of their new general secretary or their new leader. We were deeply impressed by the spiritual depth and kindness of our Cuban brothers and sisters. Karen continues to work as a family nurse practitioner uh, for Providence Express Care. Uh, she has them to, some decisions to make in the next few months about continuing with Providence or moving on to something else. Our daughters are settled into their careers. Amelia is in Portland and she works in finance. Carolyn is in Seattle and she works in public relations. They continue the family tradition of traveling in the States and abroad. And thank you for traveling with us in this ministry with students. If you're, if you're following with me in the scripture today, it's going, going to be hard because I'm going to jump around a lot. Um, if, you, if you want to look in, on your app, on your Bible app or in, in your Bibles, uh, you can look at Genesis 6 through 8 and you'll find generally where I'm going to be. And from time to time, I'll quote fairly long passages of Scripture, and I'll try to remember uh, to say where that is exactly. But you can sort of find where I am in this narrative about Noah. Um, so, to begin. 
It was just another day for Noah. After morning prayers with the family, he went to his workshop. While tinkering there, he contemplated the state of the world. In his 500 years of life, he could not remember a time when it was this bad. He saw crime rising to such a level that there seemed to be no end to it. Just the other day, someone had brazenly stolen tools from his shop. A neighbor reported that his donkey had been taken in the middle of the night. All-night parties took place regularly down the street. Men unashamedly walked the streets arm-in-arm with women who were not their wives. Animals were mistreated and many were killed for sport. Even more unspeakable things took place in the city, which he could not even bear to discuss with his wife. With the birth of his sons, Noah thought these days more than ever about the future. With the current state of the world, he thought, how could God allow such wickedness to continue? The corruption and violence were spreading rapidly throughout the world. How could he keep his family untainted by the creeping idolatry and violence? He thought about his ancestors, Adam and Eve. The stories told to him around the campfire, mainly by the old one, Methuselah, reminded him that the earth was at one time idyllic. No cares, animals and humans in perfect harmony with God. Suddenly, his musings were interrupted by a palpable presence. What is this? Who is this? I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. The voice was as clear as day. God was speaking directly to him. This voice, the voice he had longed to hear, was speaking directly to him. He did not, answer, or did not ask questions, he just listened. So make for yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it. Yeah, there you go and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long. A cubit is about the span from a man's elbow to his middle finger. And uh, 50 cubits wide and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you, You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten, 
and store it away as food for you and for them. At this point, Noah knew that there was only one thing that he could do. He did everything that God commanded him. Notice what God didn't do. He did not question God. So Noah's thinking to himself, you want me to build a boat to carry me and 7,000 kinds of animals and my family so that we can float around for more than a year. This does not sound like a luxury cruise. He also did not speak to God when he was commanded to build the ark. He's sometimes called the silent prophet. But we also note in 2 Peter 2 uh, that it says, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. So we know uh, that he heard God's voice and proclaimed repentance to the evil world that he found himself in. So here we have two testimonies in a sense. We have the ark, which was gigantic, and we have Noah preaching. He also did not consult with his wife and sons. Now, if, if, my, if I went to my wife, if I heard this, I'd go to my wife and said, say, look, I'm going to build an ark in the driveway, and we've got to move the Honda and the Ford out in the street so we, because we can't, it can't all fit. No, Noah didn't say any of that. He just agreed. He just did it. He agreed with this crazy plan. The construction of the ark was no ordinary endeavor. To our knowledge, there had been nothing like it before. We could probably argue there's been nothing exactly like it since. Except in Kentucky. Now, why do they build an ark in Kentucky? I was a little confused, but we, my wife and I went to see the ark, the ark encounters. Maybe some of you have been there. I commend it to you. Now, is it exactly like the ark that Noah built? No, there are restrooms inside and there are convenience stores, you know, little places to buy snacks. And so, no, it's not exactly like that. Could that ark float? Maybe. I mean, it's, it's built pretty strong, and it is huge. Construction took, on the actual ark, between 75 and 100 years. Um, it, it probably took Noah and his sons some time to figure out how to build it, uh, because there, God was kind of sketchy on the details. He just gave the dimensions. And this kind of crazy span of a cubit. So what do you do? They, they had a lot of room for interpretation. That's my wife, by the way, and she doesn't like having her photo taken. So, um, but this is how big the ark is. They, they did some calculations and, and figured out that this was probably the, the dimensions of it. If you go on to another slide, you can see the interior. Um, these guys are pretty... Um, 
uh, good at recreating this. They have the cages, they have the timbers. I mean, it's, it's, it looks like a boat. Uh, so Noah says, you know, he has to think, how many rooms, how many cages, what kinds of sizes? How do we get fresh water for humans and animals? How do they handle the waste? Have you been around elephants? At the Ark Encounter, uh, you can walk through this. We walk through all the levels. Uh, it has the, the uh, cages. It shows some reproductions of the animals that were in there. Now, mind you, there's some controversial things. You know, were there dinosaurs on the Ark? I don't know. I, you know, I, I leave that open to interpretation. Um, how do they get all those animals? I mean, there, there are lots of animals in the world. How do they get all those? You can, you can sort that out yourself. Um, in, at the Ark Encounter, they, they talk about uh, watering and feeding and the mechanics of it. Uh, and also, there's a luxury suite on top just for the humans. It's pretty nice. I, I wanted to stay there. My wife wasn't so excited about that. Um, but they, but you could, you could, a uh, family could stay there for a year. Now, when you think about the ark, we, we think, okay, seventy-five to hundred years—that's a long time. I, you know, I'm getting close to that, but that—that that is a really long time. But when you stop to think about it in the context of ancient buildings, consider this. The construction of the Ulm Minster in Baden-Württemberg, Germany, began in 1377. Uh, it was completed in 1890. Now, it's just a church. I've actually been to this church in, in Germany, and I've climbed to the top of the highest steeple in, I believe, in the world still to this day. But it took a long time to build this. Um, also, the Sagrada Familia in, uh, in Barcelona, Spain. It, it, uh, they began work on that one in 1882. It won't be completed maybe until the 2040s. The Great Pyramid of Giza took how many years? It took two decades, they estimate, to complete it. And it took thousands of men uh, to, to build the, just the one pyramid. Noah had how many workers? He had eight. They were going to build an ark. Now, it's possible that he had some close relatives who were still living that could help during that time. Uh, and he may have hired people. Who knows? We, the scripture is silent on this subject, so we only have speculation. Noah also could have used animals uh, to help as beasts of, burdens, beast of, beast of burden or uh, in the construction in some way, elephants hauling uh, logs or whatever. The, uh, most of us are familiar with the Titanic. We've probably seen the, the, Titanic, the most recent Titanic movie. I think I've seen every Titanic movie because I love movies, and I'm, I love boats. Um, and I've actually been to the ways where they built the Titanic in Belfast. You can go there today. It's a great museum. Uh, 
the Titanic was a little bit bigger than the ark. The Titanic was the biggest passenger vessel of its day. So the ark was huge. Have I already said that? Yeah, I've already said, the ark was big. It, it, and also, if you, if you line up three space shuttles, put them nose to tail, they can fit on the roof of the ark. So that gives you some, eye of its, some idea of its dimensions. Now, could all the animals fit in it? Here's one idea. Maybe if they just took babies. Maybe if they just took immature animals, they would all fit. Now, it, earlier we, we saw, uh, I lo- love the, the image that we saw, the giraffe sticking, head sticking out of the, uh, the top of the ark and the, the elephant. And, you know, when my kids were little, we had a, and little arcs, you know, we'd put all the animals in there. Um, I think they probably had to use young animals to get everybody on board. The Bible refers to kinds and doesn't use the classification systems that we use today. Could eight people take care of all the animals for a year on the boat? Probably. Uh, I mean, if we look back at even ancient technology from close to the time after the ark landed, um, you could probably figure out that the, the ark could have been managed with eight people. Okay, are there any sailors in the congregation? Anybody? Sailors? Have a boat? Okay. All right. Um, I've, been on, I've been on many boats. Had uh, lots of a very pleasant time in the water. Uh, the sea breeze, the smell of the salt. Uh, I think of the, the Christopher Cross song, Sailing takes me away to where there's always, uh, I've always heard it could be, uh, just a dream and the wind to carry me. Soon it will be free. This is not the experience they had on the ark. Uh, the, the ark uh, experienced some of the worst waters they've ever, that have ever been. Um, I, I remember one time I was on Lake Michigan and I was sailing and I just about lost it right there. Um, but then we turned into the wind and we kind of stayed where we were and it was, it was fine. Everything was great. But I think Noah and the family and the animals had kind of a rough ride at first. Here's, here's the reality for Noah. Uh, chapter 7, verses 6 through 10. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came on the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds, and of all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days, the floodwaters came on the earth. The animals... Going in were male and female of every living thing as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut them in. God closed the door on the ark uh, because Noah didn't have any way to, to close it. 
but God closed it and sealed them in. Do we know any other Bible instances where somebody was sealed in a place, like, like a tomb, maybe? It's kind of like Jesus, right, being, being sealed away. And there they were. And they had to wait for seven days before anything happened. They just sat there. Can you imagine what was going on outside as uh, Noah and, and the animals were there on the inside? The mockery, the laughter, all the things that were happening on the outside. And then inside, what was going on with Noah and his, his family and his sons? They've worked on this for a hundred years, and now they're just sitting there. They're just waiting. Just waiting. Have you ever had to wait for a big event? Had to anticipate something? Just waiting. What was that like? It was probably, probably hard. You look forward to something for a long time, but it takes many years sometimes before it happens. They were sealed in. And then they, the waters come. Chapter 7, verses 17 through 24. For 40 days, the flood kept coming on the earth. And as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth. The ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth. And all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 15 cubits. Every living thing that moved on land perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the earth was wiped out. People and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him the ark. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days. Notice how many times that it's emphasized that everything was wiped out. God was starting making a clean sweep. He destroyed everything. Nothing survived. Chapter 8. Then God said to Noah, come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, all the creatures that move along the ground, so that they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, all the animals, all the creatures that move along the ground, and all the birds, everything that moves on land, came out of the ark, one kind after another. It was a new world. There was a fresh start. 
Noah's first thought uh, was that of the story told around the campfire about Adam and Eve. Noah, his family, and the animals. There was a new opportunity to be fruitful and multiply. Well, what lessons do we draw from Noah? One is obedience. Chapter 6, verse 22. Noah did everything that God commanded him. Chapter 7, verse 5. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. In uh, chapter 8, verse 18. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives. He did it all without questioning. This is, this is hard for me. I, I just, I want to second guess God. Maybe, maybe you are the same. Maybe you try to say, well, but God, I mean, it could be this way. We could do it this way. Noah didn't do any of that. He just did what God commanded him to do. God judges sin. <clears throat> Chapter 6, uh, verses 5 through 8. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made humans on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe out. <laughs> again, that's the wiping out again. This is uncomfortable. Um, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Why did he find favor? Because he was a man of righteousness. He's a man that wanted to faithfully serve God. It's interesting, the earth was pretty well populated at this point. But God only found Noah to be faithful and righteous. There's, there's good news of deliverance and salvation. Uh, when, they, when they came from the ark, they were literally delivered into a new world. They had a new start, a fresh start to do something different with their lives, to make the world a better place. There was a return of innocence. Um, now, they still had that, that seed of Adam in them, there was still uh, evil, there was still sin in the world. At least it was a fresh start. M many uh, uh, writers uh, compare Noah with Jesus. We look at, at chapter 6, uh, verses 8 and 9. Um, it says, but, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Also in Hebrews, uh, we read, 
chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By his actions and his speech, he warned people of the coming judgment. Well, what about lessons for us? God may ask us to do things that seem impossible or even unusual. Think about it. Has he ever asked you to do something just kind of different, kind of crazy? that um, didn't seem to fit in with your, your normal life. The pilgrims uh, went to a new land where they could worship God freely. This wasn't the normal thing to do. Not everybody crosses an ocean uh, to go and start a new life. It was hard, and there were losses, but in the end, they achieved their goal. They were able to worship God freely in the new place. When God decides, a thing will happen. God had a consultation and firmly decided to eliminate human and animal life, all life on earth. It was a radical solution to a serious problem. It is said several times in, in the passage um, uh, uh, verse, chapter 6, verse 6, the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. Regrets. God had regrets. Chapter uh, 6, verse 13, so God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all the people uh, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. Again, this is uncomfortable. You know, God, uh, when God says he's going to do something as dramatic as that, that makes me a little, uh, um, uh, gives me some unease. But God is God, and God can do uh, what he decides to do. God cares for the animals and all creation. You and I live in Oregon. One of the most beautiful places on earth. I've been to a lot of places. I've been to many countries. And I always look forward to coming back to Oregon. To the greenery, uh, to the, the, uh, just the hills, the mountains. God cares for that. In, in verse, or chapter 8, verse 19, he said, All the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on the land came out of the ark, one kind after another. He took care of them. He made sure that they were cared for by uh, Noah and his family. And they multiplied. And now the earth is filled with uh, uncountable billions of animals. Another lesson, we are to serve God even in the difficult times in which we find ourselves. These are not easy times to be a Christian. Our world has changed dramatically 
just in the past decade. <laughs> it seems like just in the past couple of years. Our world is a mess. Borders are being challenged. People are confused about their identity. Children are disobedient to their parents. Murder, rape, incest. Wars are taking place in Ukraine and Israel. Uh, the latter I have become all too familiar with as I supervise staff workers within a varsity in both of those countries. In Jerusalem, my colleagues huddle in their apartment with their young children while still seeking to serve Arabs, Israelis, and the few remaining international students in the country. A few of their stu students serving in the Israeli Defense Force have been killed in action. Trauma, pain, grief. My supervisor and her family had to flee Ukraine as the war began. They had been able to return to their home in Lviv, in the western part of the country, after nearly a year in the States. Another IVCF colleague and his family left Buka near Kyiv when Russian forces invaded Ukraine from the north. Though their home was spared, they were not able to return and now live in Budapest. Displacement, disorientation, sorrow. I have other colleagues that I supervise that can't return to that big country in Eurasia and now live in a rented home in Boston. They've experienced loss and they continue to experience the unknown. Another family from that big country uh, spoke out and now live in exile in uh, Mexico. We may feel alone like Noah and his family, but God remembers us even when it feels like the world is crashing in around us. Chapter 8, verse 1. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark and sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. Don't we long for that? For the, the, the flood waters to recede? for that gentle breeze to come uh, like, a, like a spring day in Oregon. Another lesson, trust in God. Serve Him in this world which is perishing all around us. It's never been really easy to be a Christian, but I think today it's even harder for us to be Christians, even just to say it out loud uh, or to explain who we are and what we believe and why we believe that. But we need to trust in God just like Noah did, even when times are very, very difficult. And then give thanks. We just celebrated Thanksgiving, rem remembering a wonderful time of in our history. Noah ended his time on the ark by giving thanks. Chapter 8, verse 20 begins, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma. 
and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of humans. Even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood, and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. Then a little poem to end. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. The sun rises every morning, the sun sets every evening. We see rainbows in the sky, a remembrance of, what, of God's covenant with us. In conclusion, we can take heart. God cares for those that seek him, just as he cared for Noah and his family. God will not flood the earth again, but his final judgment is coming. Will we be ready? Will we tell our friends and our neighbors? Just like Noah did. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this story of Noah. We thank you that he was uh, a man who listened and obeyed, essentially so that we could also live uh, as descendants of Noah and his, his family. We are thankful, Father. Thank you that you did not destroy him along with the rest of the world. Thank you for this um, story that gives us hope even in the midst of calamity. Thank you for this story that gives us encouragement um, even in, in times that are difficult for us. Pray for us, Lord, that you would uh, guide us and lead us. Keep us from the temptations of this world. Help us to lead righteous and caring and loving lives. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's sing the blessing. Lord, turn his face to
Thank you for reminding us of the wonderful presence of the Lord in our lives. We're in the ark. Uh, may may not realize this, but the architect designed the church to be like an upside-down ship. The keel, the ribs, all that. This is the Lord's sanctuary, right? This is what we are reminded of this morning. And also, thank you for reminding us a lot of Christians are displaced. Uh, many people are displaced, but amongst them are God's messengers, and uh, they've sometimes they need to find a new route that lies ahead, and they're going to trust God for this. And I want to take a moment at the close of service to pray for those displaced believers who are meant to be there by God and now may, may be finding a different route, but uh, they're in the ark, mm -hmm. and we thank God for that. So let's bow our heads in prayer as we close. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for Ron's word for us today. Lord, it was your speaking through him that reminds us that we are in your ark, that you're the one that closes the door. You're the one that keeps us safe. You're the one, Lord God, that guides us even through rough, stormy waters. You're the one that preserves life. Thank you, Father, for your grace, your mercy, and your compassion. 
that through Christ Jesus, through faith and faith alone, you saved us. Thank you so much for your love and for your protection, for your security, for sealing us in your Holy Spirit for that day of salvation that to come where everything is made right. No more sin, no more death, no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more tears. Lord, what an exciting landing that will be. And Lord, we do pray for our brothers and sisters who have been by through war or other things, persecution, have been driven away from where they thought you had intended them to be and serve and witness. And now, Lord God, they need your encouragements, they need your refreshment, they need a new direction. And Lord, I pray that you open the door for them when the time comes and that they will step through that door and find a shiny horizon waiting for them to share, even in the midst of a troubled world. Thank you, Lord. We pray now that you bless each and every one of us. May we be your salt and light. May we preserve the truth. May we truly live up to being Christ-like in a world that increasingly doesn't understand that. And may we have the boldness and the courage, the gentleness and the humility to do this. For your glorious name's sake, God, like Noah, we thank you for our salvation and all that you bring us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And may the love of the Father... Oh, wait. Brian, do you have something? Oh, this is really a good Sunday, huh? There's really a lot of goodies down there. So praise the Lord. All right. May the love of the Father and the sacrificial grace of Jesus and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and evermore. And all God's people could say, amen. Now go put some weight on. Get down here. Have some fun. Uh -huh.